What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Walking with God podcast with me, John Keen. Really great to have you guys uh, today. If you're listening to this podcast, we're up here in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, at Infinite Energy Center, uh, attending the Passion Conference with Louis Giglio and uh, Christian Stanfield, Crowder, Carrie Job, and then obviously some really great speakers that we've had so far. We've done uh, about five sessions. And so uh, we are taking a quick dinner break. So I will be eating during this podcast because I want to talk to you guys, but I got to get the food in too. I got to eat. So I'm going to be doing both of those things. Take a pause for their calls and eat a bite of my Big Mac. So really excited um, to share with you guys what we've heard so far, what's been going on so far. And um, yeah, so anyway, without further ado, let me... um, move this around real quick and then I'll open this up for the podcast with a word of prayer like I always do and then we'll go ahead and get into um to what's been going on daddy we love you um we thank you for letting us come up here to Atlanta and experience this awesome event uh me and my wife um we thank you for everyone that listens to this podcast and uh makes a difference in their life I ask that as we go into this podcast and we start talking about the things that we've seen and experienced during Passion, that you would speak through me, speak through Steph if she has something to say as well, and uh, and you would use it for your glory. And it wouldn't be about us, but it would be about making an impact for your kingdom and really just sharing the love of Jesus uh, with everyone. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. guys so welcome back to the walking with god podcast going to go over a little bit about what we've seen at passion um what we've experienced and so i've got a couple things that's on my heart i think it's on my wife's heart as well sorry if you hear the bag in the background i'm trying to get my food because we've got to uh, hurry up and get back over into um to the conference excuse me so um I want to talk really, I guess, today, uh, and we'll recap more uh, as the weekend comes in and we go into next week. I'm sure that I have plenty to talk about, but what I really want to talk about today is um, Louis Giglio's message last night, and I guess just some things that I haven't really thought about or, or hadn't really processed that are a lot bigger of a deal than what I thought they were. Um, so... Last night, Louis Giglio's message uh, was about depression and anxiety and suicide rate in young people. And so uh, he correlated that with uh, fatherhood at home and how um, openly okay we are and acceptance or accepted uh, we are of families breaking and going through divorces and, and the lack of fathers in houses and how that's almost become kind of a normal thing and how that uh, directly impacts the kids more than anything in the relationship and, and that there's no uh, surprise that the suicide rate and the depression rate in kids has come up um, tremendously since... 70%. 70%, yeah. 70%. And I, do you know how long that was? I can't remember... Since 2007. There you go. So since 2007. Get you a good woman because she's got a great memory. 
Um, so since 2007, uh, and I hadn't really ever even thought about this, um, really. I mean, um, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm not a guy that really deals or struggles with depression or anxiety. Um, to that extent, I'm pretty much kind of like a dolphin or a happy go lucky dude. This, I'm just happy to be around. You know what I'm saying? If we're having a good time, I'm there and I'm, uh, I'm all for it. So going through, um, <clears throat> this, uh, it kind of opened my eyes up to what people are really dealing with. And I know that my wife, um, for a season went through a very, um, serious state of depression and anxiety and, um, God delivered her from that. And I guess through that, I kind of came to understand because I was seeing somebody go through it that I cared about, um, that it is a very serious thing and it's a real thing and it, it takes place and it happens. And unfortunately, um, some people don't bounce back out of that and they end up taking their own life or, or cutting their life short, um, because of a temporary problem or a temporary issue. And so, um, you know, when Lou was talking about that last night, it really hit home because me as a dad, I guess, I've struggled with trying to <clears throat> pump my kids up and give them encouragement, tell them I'm proud because um, I did struggle with that with my dad, with always trying to seek the approval. And and uh, he said there were several different types of dads. And, and one of the types of dads was a performance-based dad, and that was my dad. Um, I felt like I had to achieve a certain status or, or grow to a certain school or have a certain kind of job in order to make him love me or accept me or value me or whatever. And so uh, the pressure from that, I guess, causes a lot of people to uh, just give up that they're never going to achieve that status. And um, so I've got that on my side. And then I try to like be the total opposite of that with my kids and tell them all the time that I'm proud of them and that they're, they're champions and they can be anything or do anything they want to be. And then on the flip side, um, I've got my wife and she encountered uh, a totally different kind of dad growing up, a totally different kind of, of family growing up that, um, that I didn't deal with. But, um, through the both of us, I guess we kind of have both ends of the spectrum. Um, you know, I grew up in, I guess you're, you're a high upper end middle class, household with a dad that had some degrees and and worked for the government and um you know we lived a, a pretty normal life up until the day that he left um when I was 12 but before that we pretty much lived your normal everyday southern baptist church life um that's all I knew huh do what I mean that's all I knew was 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 that that type of life and then I had my my wife and she came from a totally different style of family and different style of upbringing and and uh and both of them ended up being harmful to us because um when my dad left and, and left me and my mother and my brother um it, it caused some serious issues with me as far as abandonment and then like am i going to repeat some of the same mistakes that he repeated and then, uh, you know, with my wife, I'm sure they caused some serious issues uh, with depression and anxiety and wondering, uh, same thing probably, is she going to get abandoned or is she ever going to live up to the expectations or, or yada, yada, yada. So <clears throat> Louie's message really last night was that it's okay that uh, your earthly parents failed you. And I'm going to say parents because I feel like you can throw mom in there 
with it. I mean, dads get a pretty good um, chunk of the responsibility, I guess, because they're the leaders of the household, financially, spiritually, whatever. Um, but I feel like uh, both parents have a big role to play, and when both parents fail, um, the kids uh, suffer the most. And we're humans, so we're gonna fail. So that's to be expected. Um, but he really put it into perspective about the relationship that God really wants to have with us, and that a lot of times we view God as a a boss or a creator or a controller or or somebody that we're supposed to submit to and serve like a slave or a servant, a master. And uh, and uh, that's not the case. God wants to be our father. Um, and, and he had some really good scriptures uh, and some really good uh, um, premises behind why God is our father and not our master or anything else. That like our number one relationship is to view him like a dad. And, and so in thinking about that and in viewing that, uh, the realization or the, the thought was that basically he's always standing there with his arms open, just like I would be for my kids. There's really nothing that my, my child could do to make me cast him out or her out or turn my back on him. And really, as long as they come to me and they're honest, and they tell me what they've done wrong, then I'm always uh, forgiving and uh, uh, understanding and willing to to move past it. Um, it's when they try to hide or lie to me that I get frustrated or upset. And so I guess thinking in God that way uh, kind of changed my perception of who he is and, and what he wants um, for my life and my walk with him and my relationship with him. Um, and that it's okay that I, I let him down a lot, but he's never going to let me down. And um, I think that the premise behind, you know, your earthly parents uh, failing or letting you down or or not doing the right thing, um, that you can take comfort or you can find joy or happiness knowing uh, that God is never going to do that to you that like at the end of the day, he's perfect and he's holy. And so he can't make mistakes and he can't abandon you. He says in the Bible, he'll never leave or forsake you. So if, if he's never going to leave us or forsake us or abandon us, then I can take comfort in knowing that, that he's perfect. And I don't have to strive to get acceptance from another human or my earthly parents or anything else, because at the end of the day, God loves me and accepts me exactly like I am. And he does not, you know, come here to uh, have a relationship with perfect people or people that are, are, have everything together. I certainly don't have everything together. I'm sure my wife will agree to that. Um, and so, you know, the fact that, that he wants me as I am and all of my failures and my sins and my addictions and my problems and and everything else, the fact that he still wants that relationship with me and he's still willing to um, um, wash all of that away every time I come to him and I'm honest about my faults and my failures. It was really just a good message. Um, but the thing that really threw me off or caught me off guard, I guess, was Louis was talking about um, um, suicide and um, he was, correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm I'm not accurate, but he was he was at one of the the stadiums during the worship service. Mm -hmm. uh, do you remember who was speaking or who was singing? 
I want to say it was singing. I don't remember who was singing, but he said he had to. He said that while they were playing, he was saying a prayer, you know, just prepping himself for, you know, what he was going to say. And and he was going to say something. He was going to speak on something totally different than what he actually spoke on. But he said during his prayer, a image of a young girl somewhere in the audience. Well, he didn't know she was in the audience, but he just said that he got an image of a young girl who had already had a plan in place and she had already written a letter. And after she left Passion, that she was going to go home and commit suicide. And he then said that after that prayer, it stopped him dead in his tracks and he made the band stop. And when he made the band stop, he walked on stage and he said a little something about suicide and depression. And he then asked everyone to close their eyes. And if anyone had, if anyone had um, ever thought, you know, about thought about committing suicide, or if anyone had already written a letter um, to raise their hand. And he said that the amount of people or the amount of children that raised their hands was hundreds of kids. I think he said it was... It was a couple hundred of kids. Yeah, out of probably, what, about 15,000, something like that. Right. A couple hundred. And these are all 18 to 25-year-olds. Right. And so, he then told them, you know, he did his sermon about it, and I guess the girl found him on Facebook or wrote him a message on Facebook telling him, thank you, you know, like, I'm I'm not going to do it, you know, like, I'm... This is, you know, my story. And she told her story. And he said, of course, you know, everybody wants to, you know, like click on the profile and see who it is. Mm -hmm. He said, and he did. He clicked on the profile and it was the girl from his vision. And he saved that girl's life from going home and committing suicide. She is now okay. And he is working with her on pulling out the depression and the suicidal thoughts. And she, um... She had already had a plan in place, a letter written, like she was ready to do it, like legit, legit ready. I think she had already said goodbye to her family, he said. And apparently a lot of children or a lot of the 18 year old, 18 to 25 year olds in the stadium had already had a plan in place as well. Yeah, because it was, you know, like you said, a couple hundred um, that raised their hand. That was something that I did not expect to hear. Um, at all like I just I didn't know that it was I guess if you don't know what you don't know I didn't know that it was that serious I didn't know that that there was that many people struggling uh, suicide is yeah I just wouldn't have thought that I just I don't know I guess I don't understand how something could be so bad that there's no other way out other than to kill yourself. I mean, I would always just imagine that I would just go somewhere else and start new or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I can't relate to that. I know you can relate to that um, because of the things that you've gone through and and dealt with, but um, I had no clue. So somebody like me, when I heard that number, that absolutely blew my mind that there was that many people that were, uh, that were considering killing themselves or going through that process. 
Um, but it touched me for sure. And uh, it definitely opened up, I guess, an area in my ministry um, that I definitely want to do something different on. Um, and so, like I said, uh, I've got a prayer hotline already on johnkeen.com. Uh, I think I want to do something for suicide. I think I want to open up like a, a hotline or a non-judgmental, like you can call and and if you're going through issues or if you're if you're struggling with that, you can call and, and talk uh, to somebody, myself or my wife or or whoever, I guess. And I guess I just wanted to say, you know, I know you can't see me, but I know I know it's it's hard. And I know the thoughts are really tough and you may feel like you're never, ever, ever going to get out of that spot. I know I was there, but just know that if you work at it and I mean, you have to work really hard because the thoughts keep reappearing, but there is hope. There is hope at the end of the tunnel. Like, and once you get there, it's going to be a breath of fresh air. And I'm speaking from someone who just breathed her first breath of fresh air not even a month ago right so i mean just know i was exactly where those people were you know the only the only reason why i didn't is because of my two children i knew in the back of my mind that i couldn't leave my kids to defend for themselves you know every child needs their mother as well as their father Mm -hmm. so i knew i couldn't do that but but do you feel do you feel like depression and those thoughts become like a habit really like almost like um it's like trying to break a habit like like they they come to you like you just said you have to work at it so i mean wouldn't that wouldn't that kind of make it almost like a habit like you have a tendency to always see the negative side of things or a tendency to always not necessarily not necessarily i would say for me it was more of I guess just, you know, you would wake up in the morning and you would try to be happy. And I mean, I'm saying try, like you would wake up in the morning and, you know, your body is just tired and you don't want to get up and you don't want to do anything. And, you know, you get up and you're moving around about your day and then something triggers you, you know, and then all of a sudden those thoughts start sinking back in and it's, Am I ever going to measure up? I don't want to be like so-and-so, you know. Like, the pressure is unreal these days. You know, it's, um, I'm, I'm, I'm dirty, or I'm never going to be loved, or, you know, like, I'm never going to make it through this. Why, why should I have to continue on this earth being so lonely? You know, like, I'm never going to feel loved. You know what I'm saying? And those thoughts are... I guess just the constant thoughts of having that and the constant sadness is what makes you like, okay, I can't take this anymore. If I can just, if I could just end it all right now, then at least I know that I'm not here on this earth suffering anymore. I'll finally be somewhere, you know, and at the same time, you know, you've got that other little thought in your head. Well, if I'm gone, will anybody miss me? Would anybody think about me? Probably not, because no one cares about me now. But, so in that... Even if you have an entire family that loves you, even if, 
you, you know that you have God, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's the thoughts, it's, it's the devil playing tricks on your mind. That's exactly what it is. It's pure evil. That's what it is. And I think, I think too, like you said though, is anybody going to miss me? I think that like, and I don't know this because I haven't dealt with it and you can, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, don't you kind of almost, you almost want the people that have ignored you while you're here to suffer and miss you once you're gone. You know what I'm saying? Almost like a revenge or a retribution or or like, okay, you didn't want to pay attention to me while I was here. Now I'm going to be gone. I'm going to take my life and then you're going to be absolutely devastated and wonder like, what if it was me or... You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I mean, like, I can't speak for other people. I mean, th- that wasn't the case for me. Mine was pure... Just relief. I guess, inter- like, just internal loneliness. Like, I just I just felt lonely. Even though I had a husband and two kids, I just felt lonely, you know? I felt like I was just... Like, I was never going to get better, like... It was just darkness around me 24-7. Even if, you know, my kids are in their life and having a good time. Why couldn't I feel that? Like, why can't I get over this? And I think a lot of people ask themselves, like, you know, they see people, you know, having a good day, a good day or they're with their friends and they think to themselves, like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I feel like that? No matter how hard I try, I can't feel like that. Like, why? And so I think, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that loneliness and the sadness and the thoughts, you know, of I'm I'm never going to get any better, you know, like I'm just, I'm good as well as gone, you know, basically. So when you're going through those thoughts and those, I guess, issues, the depression, anxiety or whatever, I mean, obviously, how do you how do you flip the switch? How do you how do you get how do you get the funk out? I mean, it was a, you just got to get up and start moving, and then you feel better once you actually get out and go somewhere or do something. Does that help? Like, um, I mean, what about people that aren't Christians or they don't know how to pray or they haven't prayed? I mean, like, what's what's the solution? Because obviously, you got delivered from it, um, and I mean, I know your solution. Is probably going to be Jesus, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, that is the ultimate solution. I guess mine was, you know, anytime, and I mean, I still practice this to this day, you know, anytime I've, I've cut all the negativity out of my life completely. Uh, you know, one day I woke up and, you know, those thoughts and I was like, you know what? Enough's enough. Like, I deserve to be happy too. I deserve to live a good life. I don't deserve to be sad all the time, you know, and I owe that to my children. I owe that to my husband. Enough's enough. And so I began cutting out negative people. You know, if you were negative to me, even when I tried to reach out to you and I was positive, even if you're negative to me, I blocked you. I blocked you off my cell phone. I blocked you off my Facebook. I blocked you off my Instagram. All forms of social media. Um, You know, I had several talks with my husband about God. You know, I, whenever there's something negative that happens, I try to close my eyes and count back from 10, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, take deep breaths and try to just 
realize that maybe it's just all in my head, you know? Well, what if, uh, I mean, you would, you, you say cut, cut out all the negativity. Uh, is it, but is it, cause that would almost make you feel, to me, that would make you feel more lonely because at least with the negativity, you're around people. But I think that when you're feeling depressed or you're feeling lonely, you want to seek people. So you allow negative people to come in your life just so you can have a relationship or a friend or a whatever. <clears throat> so doesn't it a lot? I mean, when, once you accept Jesus and you have a relationship with them, then you don't really have to value what other people think about you, like the people that bully you or pick on you or abuse you or well, threaten you. I would or, say I, I'm always a firm believer that you are who you hang around with. So if you hang around with negative people, you're gonna be you're gonna be negative. You're gonna have negative thoughts. If sure. you go out and you find a positive friend, even if it's just one positive friend, if you're at Starbucks one day, you know and you're having a cup of coffee and someone comes up to you and they're just genuinely nice to you reach out say hey you know like i know i don't know you very well but do you want to meet back up tomorrow and have a cup of coffee you know like try to reach out to someone who you know i guess you could say that would be hard to do i would imagine well i mean i guess not for me Really and truly, I mean, I guess once I figured, you know, like, I'm, I'm done with being sad. I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. done with it. Like, it's just not worth it anymore. Like, I've become a lot more receptive to people being nice to me. And there are people out there that genuinely just want to be nice to you. Right. You know what I'm saying? You go, I go to the grocery store and the cashier and they look at me and smile and say, hey, you look really pretty today. You know, that that makes you feel good. You better be a female cashier. Well, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or like, oh, your hair looks really pretty today. Or I love that jacket you're wearing. That's someone being positive to you. That's someone being nice to you. That's someone being kind. So I would be like, oh, well, thanks, girl. Like, you look pretty too. Like, hey, I know I don't know you, but do you want to go get some coffee? You know? Like, I've reached out to several people on my Facebook that I don't know that have come to me first and been very, very positive to me. You know, and I, I thought it was a little weird at first. You know, I'm not going to lie. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. why is this lady messaging me? But they come at me with such positivity. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Hey, girl, how are you doing? And you know what? I've created a couple really good friendships like that. Right. You know, just by someone being positive to me. And also, though, like, you don't have to wait for someone to come to you. Like, you can put the shoe on your foot and go out and be positive towards someone else. I would imagine. Because at the same time, that's going to make you feel. That's good what too. I was picking to say. I think that would make you feel better. Right. Like it's going to make if you're you feel good too. The struggle or depression. If you go out and try to make somebody else's day better. Yeah. Then it would make you feel better. I guess what I was saying more was like, I mean, you feel depressed or you feel anxious or whatever, and you're you're gonna you're gonna feel that way because people are always gonna let you down or hurt you or or whatever, and so. Once you establish the relationship with Jesus, then you don't really have to worry about how other people treat you or worry about how they see you or if they value you or if they like your outfit or they don't like your outfit or they think you're pretty or not pretty or ugly or fat or whatever. Because Jesus loves you, so who cares? Um, right. I mean, that's probably easier for some people to feel than others, I guess. Like, Well, I mean, yeah. I've always been kind of a rogue, so I'm kind of like... I kind of like people to look at me funny. Like, I'll wear something that's 
look stupid just to wear something that looks stupid just so that I can make people laugh. Even if they're laughing at me, I'm okay with it as long as they're laughing. And so being like the butt of the joke or the class clown, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it kind of is easy for me to just be like, I don't care what nobody else thinks about me. Even if I wasn't a Christian, I feel like I would be that way. I mean, I just feel like I tell myself, you know, like you're not always going to be everyone's cup of tea. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be people who accept you. There's going to be people who don't. You right. know what? So what? You, you can know? be peach tea and I don't like peach tea. Right. And and so, you know what I'm saying? Like you just, as it's going to be hard, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I never said that it was going to be easy, but right. you just got to dig deep within yourself. And you know what? Wake up in the mornings. Look at yourself in the mirror. Tell yourself, okay, I'm beautiful. I'm great. I'm worth it. I'm loved. Even if no one tells you that they love you all day long, tell yourself that you love yourself. I think that's huge. Words of affirmation. Because, I mean, yeah, if, if you're waking up in the morning and you're like, ugh. And, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big person that does it, too. You know, I'm, I'm on both sides of the spectrum, you know. I, I see all these bumps on my face because I have acne and I'm like... Oh my god, I have a scabby face, or oh my gosh, like my, my outfit doesn't look okay. Does it look okay? Oh my gosh, does it look okay? Like I stress about it. But really and truly, like, I take a step back for a second and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, does it even matter? Like, how do I feel? Do I feel yeah. good? Do I feel comfortable? And then I go off of that. If I'm not comfortable, then it doesn't even matter. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, am I making sense? Yeah, and I think that, uh, I think not only are you making sense, I mean, I live with you, so I get it 100%. Yeah, I mean, you are your own, you are your own worst critic. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, it, who cares as long as you feel good about you or you're comfortable? It really shouldn't matter what what somebody else thinks about you. I mean, to me. Um, but, I mean, I'm going to say that... I think females, though... While we're on that topic, before you go to the next thing, hold that thought. I think females deal, like men have more stress to me in their life, but I think females feel more rejection than males do. They feel more of a sense of, I need to be a certain thing so that I'm accepted than guys do. Well, I'm going to be the first to tell you, women are mean. Women are mean. Girls are mean. They are cruel. They're catty. But at the same time... And they're clicky. You know, and they're very, very clicky. They're clicky. Yeah, you're they're right. Very but at the same time, though, like, you just gotta... You gotta love yourself, really. Like, you just got to... You just gotta look within yourself and be like, okay, enough's enough. You know, I'm gonna learn to start loving myself. And it's a learning process. You know, I've had to learn it. And even in my worst moments, you know, I, at one point, I couldn't even look myself in the mirror. Because I was I was so down on myself, but at that moment when you're like, like why, like what, what am I gaining from this? What am I losing from this? You know what I'm saying? Like, don't lose yourself. Like you, you're so precious. You're so loved. Like you are a special gift in itself. If you woke up this morning, there's a reason for your life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I just feel like. And I think if you're a dude... I just feel like it just doesn't matter. And I mean, and if you're a guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean... Well, if you're... I was going to say if you're married. If you're a dude and you're married or you are you got a girlfriend, like... 
I think you need to be perceptive and kind of pay attention to what's going on around you with your woman because like you said you couldn't look in the mirror I noticed that I see you like I know what your routine is or you know when you're getting ready I see what you're and so to me it's like um you know I went and wrote things on your mirror to like tell you that you were pretty I didn't change them every day I probably should have but I didn't but like if you're a guy like pay attention to that because I think that a lot of girls don't have dads that tell them that they're beautiful for whatever reason I tell my daughter every day that she's the most beautiful girl in the world and she is with her little chipped tooth but (laughs) but I think that if you're a dude like like the Bible says you gotta love your woman like Christ loves the church and I mean if you're not gonna if you're not gonna make them feel good about them, then like it's no shock that they're depressed or they're angry or they're bitter or they're mean or anything else. Like, how often did you get told that you were beautiful before you were married, before you met me or, or whatever? You know what I'm saying? Like, on average, what does the the typical 15 to 21 year old girl on a daily basis get told that they're beautiful? And I'm not talking about like some dude at Walmart that's trying to hit you up for your phone number, but like somebody that someone genuinely, who's genuinely, yeah, like genuinely, your family member or your yeah, uncle or, I mean, yeah. that may be weird, but like, no, but like your uncle, your aunt, your, your dad, your mom, whatever. I mean, I can speak from experience, honestly, you know, it's different when you have someone who's being genuine and they're like, you are just so beautiful versus a guy that's like, man, you're hot. Right. You know? Like, <laughs> right. like there's a big difference in that. And so, I think... Because beauty's when, internal. Well, I think when, when girls, you know, when they're out and a guy walks up to them and they're like, man, you're hot. You know, can I get your number or whatever? It, it, makes, it makes a girl feel a certain type of way, like... Mm-hmm okay, is this all I'm here for? Like, that's all you notice is my outside beauty. You don't notice my intelligence or what my heart is like or, you know, the things that I have to say and the things that I'm compassionate about. All you notice is my outside beauty, what I look like. And I mean, I can say for some girls who may not, you know, measure up in the looks department that it could be pretty hurtful to them that they never get told anything right you know like the the guys just stroll on by them and not say anything and then they're having to see the other girls get told oh man you're hot and they kind of are like well they're so lucky or and then you got the girls on the other spectrum that are like i just wish somebody would see me for who i truly am right so i think there's like a big like misconception on like that whole you know what I'm saying? Like, on both parts. Well, I mean, and I'm guilty of that because I'll be honest. Uh, I'll be honest. Um, I think that when I first met you and, and like, I had no interest in your intellect or, or how intelligent you were, if you could articulate words. And I think it was many, many years before I ever even attempted to have like intelligent conversation or or things like I was guilty of thinking that I was just so much smarter and so much more intelligent and like you just sat there and had a 20 minute podcast for your first podcast by the way this is my wife's first podcast and articulated it as well if not better than I could have done um and so I mean I think that like that's the other thing is get to know people like actually like talk to people and get Mm -hmm. to know them because like, a lot of people are, are, especially, you know, and I think that being, 
attractive physically by the world standards can be a curse because I don't think that anybody ever wants to really get to know who you are. They just want to look at your body or whatever. Well, I mean, and that's, that's another thing that I was going to say is a lot of people that struggle with depression have a lot to say and no one to listen. Right. You know, these people are screaming on the inside, like, listen to me, listen to me, please listen to me. And everyone just kind of pushes them to the side and makes them feel like they're unimportant, which also makes them feel like, okay, well, I'm, I'm just better off not even here because, you know, I'm, I'm invisible. You know, right. and that goes hand in hand with being lonely. Right. You know, like being invisible. I think everyone, I think everyone needs to like stop for a second and look around. And if you see someone that's by themselves or, I mean, and you can tell if someone's having a bad day, you can tell if someone's got something going on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, I feel like if you just look around and you just find that one person that looks like they have something going on, walk up to them, ask them, you know, like, Hey, is everything okay today? Dude, you would be surprised at how much they would spill because yeah. they're just waiting for someone to ask them what's wrong, what's going on. Well, and sometimes, like, when we go out to eat, I don't do it anymore. Um, it's probably something I should start back doing because uh, now I, I feel conviction about it. But, like, I don't, I, you know, I used to ask, like, waiters and waitresses, is there anything I can pray about for you? before I pray for my food and you'd be surprised at like how many random people will like really open up about things that are personal and obviously if your waiter is telling you something that's personal it's because they can't tell it to anybody else um so I mean I think that just asking people how they're doing today or or is anything you can pray for them or whatever like people are going to open up because I think that this conversation is not just for the people that are depressed, but it's also for the Christians that are supposed to be out living and doing what Christ says. Like, uh, I'm not depressed, but if I don't listen to what you're saying and figure out a way to interact with these people and help try to keep these people from committing suicide or being depressed, then I'm not doing my job either. And so I think you have to understand people in order to help people and you know to me that's the first step is asking people how they're doing and how their day's going and can I pray for you or, I or think whatever it's all about just showing people love and compassion like that you care that you actually care about them yeah. as a person you yeah. know not just an object or a servant or someone that's just there you know like we as people you know have emotions and feelings and a lot of times with the way the world is now like everybody is just so caught up in what they're doing and their own selves they forget to turn around and look at the person beside them and show true compassion and love for each other yeah well we're all the only love and compassion we show nowadays is on facebook instagram twitter or snapchat right and and you're doing it and you're doing it over keyboards if you do it at all you're not doing it to the person's face right you know right and i mean and honestly you would feel so much happiness and it's an indescribable feeling when you sit down and you talk to someone and you see relief come over them. It's a feeling for yourself that you can never get doing anything else. Yeah, it's almost soothing to your own soul. Right, right. To make a difference. Because it's a because when you do that it's a natural human thing to agree. To love on each other. Agreed. For sure. 
Well, uh, I guess we got to wrap it up because we're about to have to dip back out to Infinite Energy Arena for the last session of Passion. I think that we'll have a lot to talk about over the next couple weeks on podcast. Uh, So make sure you're following that, johnkeen.com. Uh, I'll also be uploading, I'm sure, a plethora, there's a good word, a plethora of information onto my blog, the Walking With God blog, and then uh, obviously videos, media, and all of that good stuff. Um, so I think we're going to have a lot of good quality content, like um, God's really opened up some things to me, opened up some things to my wife. I'm really stoked and pumped that she's um, discovering what her ministry is, and the cool thing really to me is that I'll get to kind of see that as it develops and and everybody that listens to the blog and watches the podcast and listens or reads the blog and, and everything else, they'll be able to kind of watch that develop. And I always think that's cool when you kind of get to watch somebody develop their ministry or go from nothing to something or, or however you want to view it. You know, the, the come up, yeah, blossom, come up, whatever. I mean, there's no different than watching an athlete. Like you, people love to see the high school kid make it to the pros and it's the same thing like you watch somebody that didn't have a ministry maybe even wasn't even a christian and you get to see everything kind of come full circle and then all of a sudden not only are they christian but they've got their ministry and they're walking with god and they're helping people and they're more vocal i never thought i would ever see the day that you would ever open up your mouth on a podcast um well it kind of puts things in perspective that like everything does happen for a reason absolutely absolutely everybody has a purpose yeah i can yeah (laughs) I mean, and, and who knows, maybe the podcast ends up being your podcast and we'll end up getting stephanieking.com. I don't know. I don't know what the, and if that's what happens, then I'm okay with it. Like, um, I just, I care about making the impact and telling people that I love them. That's my thing. And whatever um, your ministry is, I'm excited to be a part of it in whatever way I get to be a part of it and uh, um, not bogart it or direct it or, or anything else, but just help when I can help and then watch it unfold and so that's cool and then hopefully you feel the same way about my ministry I just feel uh, like if I can make a difference in one person's life if I can save one person from committing suicide if I can save one soul for Jesus then I'm fulfilling my purpose here absolutely Absolutely. so um, I'm ready to start on my journey absolutely yeah well I'm excited um, to go on it with you uh, so anyway, um, thank you guys for listening to the blog or not the blog. I don't know why I keep saying that. We're doing a podcast. I'm not typing. I'm talking. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, I don't know when the next episode will be. It will either be at 10 o'clock tonight or tomorrow sometime. Uh, I made podcast on the ride home from Atlanta while my wife was driving. I don't know. Uh, but I just know that uh, God's going to do incredible things with this as we get uh, on down the road and, and into, uh, into the next few days, into the next few months. So it's going to be great to see and great to watch. And if nobody told you today, I love you. I know Stephanie loves you because she loves more people than I do. She loves everybody. Um, and I love everybody. That's a joke. But uh, I love you. And uh, But God loves you more than either one of us could ever even think about loving you because he's the one that sent his son to die for you So and for me. Um, so... 
you know, with that being said, if this is something that you're dealing with, the like I said, the suicide hotline and all that stuff is not up yet, but you can definitely go to my website. If you need to talk to somebody, you need to reach out, you need to get something off your chest or whatever the case is, we'll do everything that we can uh, to help. Um, and you can go to johnkeen.com and click on the prayer request for now. And you can use the prayer hotline or the uh, prayer request and, uh, and fill that out or call. And uh, you can use that for the moment until we kind of get everything else um, set up into the direction that it's going to be going. Uh, so with that being said, guys, I hope you had a great podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed listening uh, on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever it is you're listening to. Follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Real John Keen. You can also find us on Snapchat at Walking With Underscore God. And uh, and yeah, everybody have an awesome day. And we're headed back to Passion. And we'll see you guys or talk to you guys uh, during the next episode or live or whatever it is we do. Peace. Peace.